You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. What is up, guys? This is Lauren from Your Dose of Death Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Another episode, another little bit of the news desk. We go into a bit more topical kind of stuff today. But before we get into that, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Servino, also known as Kings Road Wrestling. And before we get into that, thank you to our sponsors, Crimson Mask and Grateful Deathmatch, for always being supportive since day one. But today, we're kind of doing a bit more, like, topical discussions. You guys have kind of seen the news um, of what is happening. Of course, IWA Mid-South, King and Queen of the Death Match was announced. Of course, TOS is fully filled. Um, but, of course, there's so much to talk about as well. Um, I don't want to waste any time. Um, I also want to give a personal thank you to the Countout discord for giving me suggestions on what to talk about this week really helps things go by um so servino though what have you been up to this past few weeks uh since we last sat down uh shit um well i went to the showboat last weekend um saw some good matches at uh the gcw prelude to survival weekend um i went to vxs i did that on that friday before with uh paula and mittens and frank so that was fun um was supposed to check out the uwf underground wrestling federation's uh deathmatch tournament uh but it got rained out so i mean i'm just relaxing now Uh, i'm gonna go to a soccer game tonight um and yeah man uh just prepare myself for what we have to come what about you um nothing really just been kind of enjoying catch i got i got caught up on the prelude to survival weekend um yeah all the qualifiers for tos were good um which we'll get into a little bit later because um do have some comments on those qualifiers but really just keeping it easy it's actually nice out here today it's like the first sunny day we've had in like several weeks it feels like happy Um, days yeah (laughs) seriously i should have been saying that the minute i woke up today but i'm not um but i want to get into first kind of like our first topic because there's a lot to talk about um we were given this question by someone on the count out discord um it's basically the idea which tournament field is better because we have one field that is 24 people long we also have another field that is like only eight. Yeah. So it's really kind of the debate of more is better or quant or quality over quantity, which of, again, it's really subjective and this is really our opinion. So again, I just want to point it out. We are not associated with any promotions. We are not uh, being paid by anybody to do this. This is just our two cents. Um, the two tournaments, of course, we're talking about IWA King of the Death, Mid-South King of the Death match, and GCW's Tournament of Survival. Um, I'm going to go through both fields. We did, if you do remember, we did talk about this last episode, but I'm just going to do it as a review since both fields are fully set. Um, we'll start off with King of the Death match since it is 24 people long. Um, John Wayne Murdoch, Arrow Boy, Eric Ryan, Kevin Giza. Orn Vite, Dale Patrick's, the 2021 Prince of the Death Match, The Carver, Tank, Masada, Hoodfoot, Sad Boy Michael Caden, Callan Butcher, Bobby Beverly, the OG Prince of the Death, Neil Diamond Cutter, Dirty Ron McDonald, Van Solvin, Satu Jin, Hello Hardbody, Remington Roar, Jeff Cannonball, Otis Koger, Dane DeMonto, Tommy Vedetta and Matt Trema. That is the 24-man King of the Death Match field. Of course, that is taking place over the span of two days in August. 
And then let's, of course, go to the tournament that most of us are looking forward to. That is coming up literally less than a month from now. The tournament survival field. Tor Sugiera, Drew Parker, Cole Radrick, Matt, Matt Tremont, Slade, Hoodfoot Mo Atlas, Rena Yamashita, and, of course, Shane Mercer. Um, looking at both these fields, I'm going to start with you, Mike. Who, what field to you stands out more? Are you more of like more people or are you more of a quality over quantity kind of person? This is a good question. And I'm always quality over quantity for sure. Like uh, I always have been my whole life. However, I feel like um, it depends on what you like for uh, deathmatch styles and base and and that will base what tournament you're going to probably like more so the iwa king of the deathmatch has 24 people has a mix of talent but a lot of these guys uh, are more kind of like the brawler type uh deathmatch wrestlers uh if you like that you like the lots of tubes lots of glass like crazy six spots uh like really you know disgusting deathmatch spots that's probably going to be your tournament but if you are a fan of the Japanese Pure Riso, Freedom's Big Japan style of deathmatch wrestling, the uh, athletic maneuvers intertwined with the weaponry, you're probably going to like the Tournament of Survival better. Even though there's less people, a look at the field, for example, you have Toru, Drew, Cole Radrick, uh, and Rita Yamashita. Those basically are uh, like the masters at incorporating weapons into wrestling maneuvers. So if you like that style, you're going to like tournament of survival um, probably a little bit better. Uh, so for me, I, I'm a big fan, huge fan of the Japanese style. I love it. I think Cole does it well. I think Cologne, you know, that's why I really like Cologne. I think the people in this tournament are doing uh, that style. So that's, that's my pick. Uh, not to say that I'm not excited for IWA, but mm-hmm. um, you know, that's just me. What about you? Um, I'm really the same way. I mean, even though I will say having followed Ian Rodden on social medias and seeing his, reaction to the way um the term is shaped up this is the biggest field he's ever had this is really like for him king of the death match is like his promotions wrestlemania um they put on a lot of work a lot of effort and i appreciate that but i am gonna go, I, i'm someone who appreciates the athleticism that is tos and i think tos on a grander scale is the bigger tournament, even though it's only one day. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that, that, to me, having gone through, now this is going to be the seventh iteration of TOS, um, is this might be the most ambitious field that GCW's put together because borders are opening up. Yeah, You have a real good mix Rina Yamashita being the first woman in GCW history to have been a part of both NGI and TOS now. I just want to make that historical standpoint, which okay. to her is a big achievement because there was there were points years ago, there were no women in TOS. But then the last few years, you've had Alley Catch or formerly Alley Cat in TOS. That was kind of the start of things. But now Rena has opened the door even more. Intergender death matches, Charlie Evans got in NGI. Um, so Rena being that um, pallbearer for a new generation of deathmatch is always great. But I mean, Torsu Guerra is someone I did not expect in this field when we first were thinking about TOS. Drew Parker, who we'll get to a bit later, is back. And he, he's been dying to probably be in a GCW deathmatch tournament. His wish has been made. Cole Radrick, the complete surprise of 2022, has shot up the ranks to be in this tournament. Matt Tremont looking for that last. It's, Matt Tremont is like Cinderella, who somehow managed to like rise from the ashes and is now in another deathmatch tournament. Now in two deathmatch tournaments the this summer. Two best, two of the best tournaments, and he's won one of them. He, yes. He's won King of the Death match, so yep. he's done it. But you also have Shane Mercer, who has been in multiple death match tournaments. Uh-huh. Hudfoot, this I believe will be no. He's done. Hudfoot did Carnage Cup. He did. Deep yeah, that's South a on the map. Yep. That well, yep. I think people 
that didn't really put him on the map. ICW really did, but that is well, what before Carnage or Cup. what are you saying after ICW? Well, I think ICW he just did he started doing stuff with ICW, but then Carnage Cup happened. He did it. People are like, oh, Hunt's making the rounds. And then now he's in GCW and has really made a mark. Um, so again, but don't discount King of the Deathmatch. 24 people, including inter- two international talents making their United States debut. Yeah. Of course, representing Deathmatch Outlaws. I always got to give them a shout out. Good friends of um, the podcast. And um, Michael Caden is going to be coming to the States. But of course, my dear friend, Callum Butcher, making his debut in the States. Um, Hell yeah. I'm excited to see some Deathmatch down under. I, I, I didn't realize this. But I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I actually went to a, a technically a DMDU show because uh, when Bateman fought Tremont, yeah. it was like DMDU and H2O produced, like yeah, that, that, was that technically cool. was. And I think um, a lot of the DMDU faithful were very happy. Joel's been getting his opportunities, which, by the way, I just want to recommend the show. Not here to fuck with spiders. The second show they've done of the, this iteration. Alex Cologne versus Callan was great. Charlie oh, Evans, yeah. Joel Bateman too was great. And um the other the York death match was great. All three death I like matches. York. I like York. York is my guy. I'm just gonna put this out there and I, I'm gonna tag York when this episode comes out. I am a mark for him coming out to Toto. I'm a mark. Yeah, it's sick, dude. All it's their, like, <laughs> entrance shit. Like yeah. um, I looked up Joel's song. Yeah. Um, and it's by like um an Aborigine band. Um it's sick. It's called Solid Rock. That's the song. Yes. Um, it's really good. Dude, that um, I know we're we're getting off a little bit from the TOS IWA, but uh just to like, you know, shout out like you did, that Callan Butcher Cologne match was really good. Um, I was watching it the other night and I messaged Callan and I was like, You guys are you guys are nuts with those with these skinny tubes. Like they had so many of these uh T8s. And they really, uh, Alex and Callan went to town on them. They, they, dude, they uh, both like fell through. I, I, they fell through the TAs. I would never do that, man. That's so risky. That's it's crazy. Yeah, but like I was saying, they were falling through uh, the TAs on the on that show, Callan and um, Alex, and they were they were really hitting each other with them. And they had, I don't know what it is. Like maybe I gotta ask. We gotta ask Joel. There seems to be way more panes of glass over in Australia than there is in the U.S. Um, right? Dude, they had a lot of. I, I'd have to. I'd have to make that. I'd have to review that with him just to see. But um, maybe there are panes of glass, or he just finds them in the weirdest convenient. Place. Good, good, good match though. Regardless oh, of the uh, all the matches at DMDU death match wise were delivered. They they really know how to set it up there. So shout out to DMDU. But anyways, getting back to my. Um, thing here also i do want to just before we leave the whole tournament thing um shout out to the queen of the death match field really interesting field i mean you've got rebecca payne returning to defend the crown jules malone returning lilith grimm who was a part of the iwa mystery shows ludark shaitan is coming from mexico sage sin supreme of course if many of you know she is the daughter of supreme rest in peace i'm a fan um vixen from australia from deathmatch under as well as coming um gabby gilbert mother endless mariah moreno Lindsay snow i'm really excited to see debut here sarah docks and of course amazing maria returning to deathmatch wrestling after a bit of a break so queen of the deathmatch if you haven't bought your tickets for any of these tournaments tos have fun trying to find a ticket it's almost near sold out shot. um but king of the deathmatch I believe second row and um, second row back is still available. Um, I'm such a snob, man. I can't go to the, <laughs> and not sit front row. Yeah, I know, right? I feel that. But um, and people front, always ask me, like, "What'd you get? Like, what tickets did you get?" And I'm like, uh, front, "Front row." And I'm like, "What about um, you?" I'm like, "GA." And I'm like, "Oh, that's still fun." I then, went to um, the USGA last year. Yeah. Then um, no, but tickets for Queen, I believe front row is still available. Um, so get on those while you can. Um, of course, um, I also got to talk about insane. There is a little slight change to the last, so the whoever wins the last spot of um, insane eight, 
It was slated to be a four-way match, but unfortunately, two of the competitors won't be able to make it. Hey, here. Dalton Diamond and Bull Bronson have been removed from the uh, May 22nd ICW Milwaukee show, which is the Hardcore Deathmatch Challenge show. So it's just going to be Aiden Blackheart, not the Aiden Blackheart that was with as friends with Akira and them. I just want to clarify. So it's Aiden Blackheart and Remington War will be fine for the eighth and final spot of Insane Eight. Um, it is apparently the first time the venue that they're using in uh, West Allis, Wisconsin. So for all my Wisconsin geography nerds, West Allis, which is a suburb of Milwaukee, um, the bar is going to be having light tubes, skewers, and d- doors. So full of fuckery for the first time ever in the bar. So light tubes are being used in that venue for the very first time. So shout out to you, Dysfunction, for getting that done. I'm a fan of Remington, too. I think he's Remington's it. good. I, I think I saw him in the prelim match for Insane 8 last year, and I like the look, the style. He has improved. He's been in there with some good people as well. So hoping for Remington War to round out the field of eight, but we'll see. Yeah, I I, I, I got a root for him, uh, too. And, okay, so uh, we went over TOS and King of the Death match. So how about, why don't you tell me your pick for uh, both of those? And for Queen. So I'll go with I'll go with Queen, then King, then TOS. Okay. So, so Queen looking at this field, um honestly speaking, um it's a really good field. I almost feel like Sage Sin to me might be my pick. Yeah. Um, I just think either her, Lindsay Snow, or Vixen are my three. But then again, I mean who knows? Ian Ryan always has something up his sleeve with these kind of shows. He really has to go out and he's oh, he's a bag full of surprises, is what I like to say. He is a bag full, so that's a perfect description of him. And- um, so then going to King, and of course, there's always going to be the delegation who wants Eric Ryan to three peats. He is in this tournament. Personally, though, I don't know if he will win this tournament. This is so up in the air. It's very up in the air. I honestly could see a guy like Bobby Beverly winning yeah. this. I honestly could see a. I could honestly see a guy like Dale Patrick's winning this. Uh-huh. Um, Matt Tremont, you just never know. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, or Neil Diamond Cutter, or Masada, even. I mean, but if I had, if you really need me to pick a winner right now, I'm honestly gonna say, I honestly might have to say Matt Trema. I I could see Trema winning this tournament. I mean. But again, Eric Ryan, though, that 3P contingency is going to get stronger and stronger by tournament time. Mm -hmm. Okay, now TOS. So TOS, this one's actually kind of the easiest one for me to pick. (laughs) Because I have honest, after the events that have transpired through the week, honestly speaking, I truly believe Drew Parker's winning to us. I have thought the minute he was announced, I thought he was one of the strongest favorites for this tournament. And especially after what has transpired in Japan, I, I truly felt if, if it wasn't for borders closing, I thought maybe if Drew could have made it back earlier, he would have probably done so and win an either NGI or win a couple matches and continue having the UV belt. But um, that didn't happen, so I think now is his crowning moment in the sun, which, again, he's already had a crowning moment by defeating Cologne for the UV belt. And I can promise you Alex wants probably at the bit to face Drew again. So um, I got Drew winning this, and I honestly, I'm going to put a little swing in the pot here. The final, I truly believe, is going to be Drew and Cole Ratrick. I, I think that Nage is be the final. I mean, Cole's got he's got everything. He's got the push, he's got the look, he's got it all. Yeah, he's sick. A, a guy who went from almost not being booked to on Hammerstein to not being one of the hottest commodities in the shot of the arm the GCW deathmatch division has needed. 
I, I don't know what could possibly go wrong. Yeah, that, that's a very good, very good point. What is your picks? We got to go with your picks. All right, for Queen, I'm also going to pick Sage Sin Supreme. Uh, she really impressed me at uh, the XPW California show. I thought she did really well, held her own. Um, and Supreme, man, uh, I like the whole, the whole legacy thing. So uh, I'm going to go go with her. I'm a fan of Lindsay Snow, so I'd like to see uh, her and Sage Sin in the finals. I think that'd be cool. All right. Um, King of the Death Match, I'm going to go out on a limb here and make a, a radical prediction i would like to see neil diamond cutter uh go from prince to king of the death match i think that'd be really cool and i think he's i think he's been put in the work and um really impressing me in all the bouts that i've seen in person with him so I, i'd like to see neil neil take it uh i do like eric you know um and i got a lot of respect for him i think he perhaps is the best deathmatch wrestler in America. But um, I want to see Neil take this. Uh, for TOS, I got it. I'm so biased, and everybody knows this. <laughs> uh, so there's if Tremont is on the card, I'm not not going to pick him. So uh, he's my boy. He's, my, he's, he's the man. He's the absolute best in the business, in my opinion. He was the first one that gave me an opportunity to start video recording and doing videography for H2O um so I, I love him um i really do um so he's my number one favorite wrestler probably and i'm gonna pick him to win the tournament man i would love to see him take that and he would have won every tournament in the uh in the united states really uh would love that dude so i'm gonna go with tremont i already ordered uh, a special shirt off a of pwt that i don't think anyone else has that i've oh. seen with for tremont so i'm oh, going wow. for for matt and TOS. So those are my three. Okay. I mean, those are all good ones. I mean, Tremont, yeah. I mean, you just never know with him. Um, I don't know if he's out to put over town or if he's out to like be like, you know what? I'm winning. Put over enough. It's time. It's time. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I want to get to this with Drew because I mean, after what has transpired, I just want to give the news. Drew is the BJW Deathmatch champion once again. The timing of it couldn't have come at a more peculiar time. I'm going to try to be nice about this. With him basically already announcing that he is a freelance talent by end of May, starting in June. And, of course, his last BJW match is against Ishikawa for the BJW belt it at on May 13th. Um, so, of course, though, with that all being said, Drew's coming to the States, as we know, Return of Survival. But before that, he's going to be debuting at VXS Double or Nothing Weekend. Okay. He is going to be in G- at GCW in LA the week before the 21st against Joey Janela. And um, he's going to be in the States for a little bit, it seems like, after I believe he's getting his visa worked out. Well, yeah, um, that was the OG plan for those of you that remember. You know, he was announced for Hammerstein. He was wow. announced for Hammerstein. He was announced for Chicago even. Back yeah. Then. He was announced for a whole bunch of shows. He was going to do an American excursion, but because of how things were, it just wasn't possible. But flash forward now, this month, starting the 21st of May, he's going to be here for a few weeks. And I believe he's even going back home for a little bit. And I think going to be wrestling there for a little. And I mean, I, I, but the opinion I want to put out is for those of you who not seen Drew, for those of you who are unaware, for those of you who are keen on learning about why a lot of us in the deathmatch circles are so high on him, I implore you, I implore you to watch the matches he has when he comes to the States. Do not miss out. Like there are very few guys who have taken the deathmatch genre to the innovative skill set that he has. There are very few in this generation because deathmatch wrestling has been around for a long time. I mean, near 30 plus years at this point, going back to Foley and Funk. And we've seen barbed wire, but we've seen FMW. We've seen this um, evolve of, 
evolution of deathmatch and Drew's, I believe, is that next evolution of deathmatch wrestling, where he's he's really a super junior heavyweight doing deathmatch stuff. He's not big, muscular like some of the guys you see, like a Schlack or a Tank or a Masada. He's he's very agile. He's very spry. So. To me, I want to put this out there. Like, if people were curious about Drew Parker, he's the real deal. His yeah. stock cannot go any higher. He's a two-time BJW Deathmatch champion in only three years with the company. Arguably, you know, the most prestigious Deathmatch belt out there with the longest history, uh, and he's won that too as a foreigner. Um, he is one of the only foreigners to ever win Icky Tosin. I think the only. Uh, I don't know. Only he's, foreigner. There's only been two foreigners so of one deathmatch match from Japan. I believe Masada's the other. Foley. Or Foley and then Drew. Yeah, two Americans, one British. Um, but, dude, I agree with you. I think that he is going to – he's sparking right now the movement that I think is happening inside of deathmatch wrestling, which is you have to have a, a solid, solid wrestling skill set before you even – talk about putting weaponry in and, and that's exactly what he has and it's funny because i know people who know drew when he was doing progress when he was wrestling for progress and he just was kind of trying to find his way there he didn't and all of a sudden gcw takes their chance on him i believe his debut was the la show to live and die in la with gage cologne he debuts on that show Wow's crowds there, but it's it's been a long, long time since really a guy who was a part of GCW, but he wasn't really a part of the booming evolution of GCW. So yeah, now he comes back, and people are going to be like, "Who is this guy?" And I I promise you, he's going to really find a way to dazzle uh, crowds. And I mean, a lot of us who are going to TOS already know his capability. That we know what he's good at and there's not much that he's not good at i'm just going to be honest for sure or, or at least he's very good at clouding that so um yeah he's excellent he's i, I, I gotta say though if, if there's one match to watch before drew comes back him versus cologne at homecoming night one i i texted alex i was like listen i'm really proud of the two of you for that match and alex cologne texts me back he's like drew hit it out of the park that was fucking crazy uh but it was just it was very well paced that was a bet i think is the that was my that's my favorite live show ever was homecoming night one um nothing i don't think will ever top that and i think drew played a huge part of why it was so well it was just just a magical magical night and i think cardona was the real catalyst for how magical this was was. sick bro i'm telling (laughs) you like even though cardona had like he blew the roof off the showboat that night Yes, Drew and Cologne were, were a great reason of why that happened because they hyped the crowd up so much with this match. This match is so good. It's it's one of the best death matches I think in the U.S. It's great. So it's, what Lawrence said, the, you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it because to me, it's very well paced. They don't really waste a lot of time. The problem is with deathmatch wrestling is some of these spots take so much I time. I hate it. I hate it. It's just like. You're winding into a match and you just kind of sit there and you're like, what's the standing around for? What's this? I get it. There's an injury or whatnot, but if it's not an injury and you're just trying to set something up for a solid five minutes, you just start losing momentum. And Drew and Cologne really did not wait. And mind you, I I don't think this match had as much buzz as, of course, being overshadowed by Gage Cardona, which makes sense. But... To those of you who were in the show or watching or knew, you're like Drew and Cologne. Drew and Cologne watched this match. And a lot of general fans who had probably never seen a death match, I saw the Twitter from that night. Yeah. They were shocked they at how it. good this match was. Yeah, yep. There was a and, perfect um, match to put that in because there were a lot of new eyes on the product, for sure. And, dude, I cannot stand this like movement of setting up, like I, I call it the setting up furniture movement. Like where we all, <laughs> while they set up the furniture, it's ridiculous. It looks terrible. Like I wish people would stop doing well, this. Well, I was like, this is where I believe Japan has it down. Because oh yeah. They, they oh, have yeah. staff, they have 
people are like, okay, we'll hold this ladder. We'll make it stable. The young boys run in and set it up real quick, and then they yeah. do the spot. Dude, if you stop doing it, okay? And I'm not a wrestler, but I'm a fan who I think get understands it pretty well. Yeah. You turn off everybody when you do that because they're like, this looks so fake. And I, we all understand that it's fake. But you can't make it look too fake where people no. are standing around waiting for yeah. this thing to get built. You know and what I mean? Yeah, I do. And the big problem is, is GCW sometimes does it where they have their staff help it, but then they don't at times. And it just is so inconsistent. You're just like, why don't you just it, it do it for every match? At the showboat when I was there and it killed the crowd. And I don't want to mention what match uh, it was because one of the people is no longer wrestling anymore. Yeah. Um, and it, it just, it killed, it killed the vibes. It really does. Like you gotta, you gotta have that already set up. If not, or, or just like at least have a stable staff behind it. Like, or hey. stick with the basics. That's fine with us because yeah. like you were saying with the drew and cologne, they, they stuck did not to the waste basics. time. They, they got stuck, right they, to it. But like, even there were some elaborate steps they didn't mess around with it much. It's just, they knew where it was and they had to move it just a couple feet one way or another. It was there. It didn't feel like it was, had to like go out of their own way to do something. It really was to me, one of the best death matches of last year. It just, everything about it was so good. So I, I wanted to bring that up to a lot of people who were like, why are we talking about Drew Parker? Because really, um, he he's just he's just redefining deathmatch for a new generation. He's only 23, 24. He's young. He is young. Yeah, and he's popular also outside of deathmatch circles because of his work with like DDT and Chris Brooks. So yes. he has appeal to him. And I think I, I agree with what you're saying. And I think to take it a step further, uh, to me, I think he's starting the end of the hack and slash era. Well, like I don't. I don't think one person can really end that generation. There will always There's be a people. Few. Oh, there are a few, but like I just don't see hack and slash going away anytime soon because people are gonna. They love the visual of the light tubes. Yeah, they love the visual of someone bleeding. Like they love all that. So like it's part of deathmatch wrestling in its own way. I do see like t- the elite. Is it the prestige? No, it's it's not. I, I wouldn't say so. But this then is again, the prestige. Drew Parker. Yeah, I, I, I like I, this. Is, it reminds me of the days of like the Danny Havocs of the J.C. Bailey's yes. of Drake Youngers of the Chris Cashes <laughs> of the. <laughs> Look world. at how you said that. You had Chris, to- <laughs> I said Drake Youngers. I'm going to say it because he did it. I'm on he video, did. and Lauren did not want to say that, but I agree well, with I, I, No, He's still I, good. I mean, also, if I want to go back even further, and because I'm a mark for this guy, Thumbtack Jack was another one who really redefined athleticism in deathmatch wrestling, but he was more of a shock factor kind yeah, of guy. He was yeah. more of a shock factor. No, or, for sure. And we sure. really, 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 really want to go back. We can just talk about Sick Nick Mondo for 45 minutes and call it a day. That old school CZW stuff's good stuff, man. It is. And I, I, the reason I said Drake Younger is because I'll say this and given his past. Or we his, know. Everybody knows that. Yeah. I didn't mean but, to put you on the spot. No, it's funny. Everyone's like, oh, Drake Younger. But I'm like, listen, truly one of the more innovative guys in Deathmatch Wrestling. And he did some, him and Thumbtack Jack had a great feud that spanned Moxley. the globe. Moxley as well. But Moxley. He was a bit more built as like kind of like a bigger guy. No, the Moxley. I'm talking about the Moxley Drake Younger feud. Oh yeah, Moxley like, Drake. Yeah, yeah, like Drake is, I think one of the best of all time. He was and, one of the gatekeepers oh, of, yeah. of a generation. So I mean, again, love or hate Drake Younger, he did innovate deathmatch wrestling. So yes, he did. It's a long line of guys, and now Drew Parker is kind of like starting that new trend. I mean, then again, you could say Alex Cologne brought that trend and you can say what you want but drew to me has the biggest global presence just outside of japan i'm just gonna leave that there because i think so too because i'll be honest i'll be you and me both know this his time in big japan was very iffy to say the the least weird yeah he won ikitozen second gaijin to have ever won in a, a deathmatch tournament in Japan. Cool. 
wins the belt out of a complete shock out of people were saying he wasn't going to win. He wasn't going to win. Hold your horses. The BJW is very old guard. He wins. Goes to America, wins the ultraviolet title, goes back to Japan, defends the GCW ultraviolet title as well as the BJW belt. Loses the BJW belt maybe several weeks after. Yeah, it sucked. It, it was just, it kind of sucked the the win out of his sails, and it was it was kind of like for us fans, like, well, here we go again. And then he lost the BJ, the GCW belt to Takeda, which made sense since Takeda was coming to the states for NGI. And then Drew kind of meddled through the mid card again. He did some stuff. He tagged with Abdullah Kobayashi, got a match out of him that was probably better than most Abdullah Kobayashi matches in recent memory. Yeah. Maybe except for the Schlack match. Um, then, like, this year happens, and it's like, oh, I don't know what Drew's got left to do. If really an American excursion would have benefited. That gets cut by COVID. That yeah. doesn't even happen. Then... Come like April, mid now, they're like, oh, like, or when TOS starts getting announced and GCW starts announcing shows West Coast, but as well as TOS, he gets announced for shows. Rini Yamashita gets announced for shows. And you're like, oh, is he going to be here for a little bit finally? And I think we've gotten to that answer of yes, he's going to be here for a little and an American excursion that has, that he, gravely needs because yeah. he's done everything in Japan but then BJ I think BJW saw it as oh if GCW can get this kind of buzz for a guy that is under our contract why don't we try to do something shock value and of course what we saw with what is apparently the biggest show BJW's done this year at um, Botocon yeah it looked it looked um they sold about eighteen hundred tickets for that show. Time, man, it looked big time. It was a, it was in a big venue for them, and bada bing, bada boom. Drew wins the BJW belt of less than a month after he's already claimed he's going to be freelance moving forward. Yeah, this is so. It's it's a very it's a very like very up and down kind of graph we're paying for your here of his popularity because. When he first won the BJW belt, his international buzz was insane. There were wrestlers all over the globe congratulating him on winning. Yeah. But in Japan, there was zero buzz. Yeah. Zero. I think DDT helped him, dude. DDT helped him. I mean, having Chris Brooks as your friend and your guide helps out a lot. But the problem is, is like, in Japan, things are just different. But in, here in America, we kind of thrive off buzz. We thrive off seeing guys do well elsewhere, and we want them here. You we know what I mean? Bring belts back too, and that's that's another. So I mean, it's just a very peculiar situation with Drew that I just painted for everyone because it's the honest truth. I, I really don't know why they put the belt on him a month before he decides to be freelance, and then. If, if anyone saw their Twitter, you saw, did you see their tweet? I don't have Twitter. Or it, it got screenshot, I believe, on Instagram. Okay. What do they say? BJW's English version was like, okay, this is May 13th versus Ishikawa for the BJW deathmatch bell. It's Drew's last contracted he match. He lose that. Like, the, oh my God. Can like, you, the yeah. way they made it sound, I'm just sitting there like, are you really just going to say this? Like, they really kind of jumped the gun on him to be like, oh, he's going to be freelance, but he'll be based out of Japan, but he's free to work elsewhere. Like and it's the- like, like, uh, I just, right? I, I didn't get a good vibe from that tweet. No, they're not that dumb, dude. I know. I just, I was just like, are they going to have him lose the belt before he comes back? He needs that, bring that belt here. Because it, it's it's so cool, man. It, it would be cool, but like again, like Japan works things differently because they have a sponsor system that's a lot more in depth about their decisions. Want, and for, you know? 
it's like if a sponsor doesn't know Drew Parker, he's not going to have the belt. No, and that makes sense why, like, they always go back to Miyamoto and Ito. And then, like, the one guy, like, remember the guy who um, who Drew beat for the belt, Sukimoto, has been non-existent since losing the belt to Drew. It's like, oh, just gone. Gone, yeah. So I just want to bring that up, and I thought that was a good conversation to have about Drew. Yeah, I'm just hoping he comes here with the belt. Uh, I think it's best for everybody. If he does, I think so too. It's it was cool to see. Um, it was cool to see that belt defended in in person at homecoming. It was one of uh, definitely the one of the cooler moments that I've seen live. It 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 looked like an awesome time live, but I mean, again, I I I implore those of you give Drew the support. He's really doing innovative stuff. But I want to get to the other part of that TOS weekend cage of survival, of course, aptly named. With tongue-in-cheek remarks from Cage of Death, I'm just going to say Lay that. the law once again. Prepare Lay for the law. C-C-W. <laughs> um, I know. We, can, we we have fun here at your dose of death, okay? <laughs> um, but I said tongue-in-cheek because, really, this feels like it's going to be kind of a Cage of Death setup in the showboat, which I don't know how they're going to pull it off, but then again, they did pull off the glass ceiling, so really anything's remotely possible. Well, I talked to deathmatch expert Nick Dorito at the <laughs> show last week about this, and I was like, hey, like, what do you think? Like, I feel like you have a good gauge of things. Like, do you think they can, like, did a scaffold with, like, a, a walkway out there and, like, bend the size of the cage down? Yeah. Like, and he's like, I think they can fit it in. And I was like, yeah, I think they can, too. Like, if they move the ring back a little bit to not hit the chandeliers like they yes. did for the glass ceiling, then yeah, they could fit that. So I'm hoping that they really, um, you know, CZW is dead in the water, not coming back ever to what. Well, 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 let's just do cage. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers here, but they are existing in the world. They're just not getting any buzz. They're not. Yeah. Well, they're, I don't think they're going to come back to what they were is, is a better yeah. thing. Sure. Um, so let's run Cage of Death at the showboat. I want to see the scaffold with the walkway like Zandig did. I want to see like the sides of the cage bent to an angle and have like hanging panes of glass or barbed wire webs. I want to see this go all out. And I think Murdoch and Cologne are two people that can handle this because it's incredibly risky. Uh, but I feel like we're going to see some crazy, crazy bumps and uh it's gonna go all. I don't um, know how, how are the ticket sales doing and stuff. Like, is this? Um, this I is can like, check for Cage of Survival, but I believe, I believe that the from second row or first two rows are sold out for COS. I could be wrong. Again, trying to look through GCW social media is trying to like navigate is like hard itself. <laughs> um, Instagram's but, so much easier. Twitter's so hard to use, man. Eh, Let's see um, uh, but in all honesty, though, um, you really, ha- I, I do think, I'm hoping that Cologne and Murdoch can um, quell the fires of their first two very underwhelming matches because the first two matches were mired in controversy, to say the least, um, from injuries Uh-oh. to just not. Um, just not being on the same page. They were two matches. I'm gonna be honest. They weren't really to everyone's liking. So, so COS the first three rows are already sold out for That's COS for the Sunday show. For those that don't know, yeah, Sunday shows usually don't draw as prominent as Saturday, and especially no, yeah. given the case with this weekend. But this could be probably the best drawing Sunday show. Dude, for sure. And I agree with what you're saying. And this is no way a knock at Cologne or Murdoch. I no, just think it isn't. You guys are different. They wrestle different styles. Uh, Murdoch's more the brawler type. Cologne's more like what we were saying, high pace, hybrid action, incorporating the weapons. So I don't think that they mesh as well as like someone like Parker and Cologne would. However, you throw them in a cage with a bunch of like spots and, and stuff like that. I think that we're going to see probably the best out of the three. I mean, like, you know, there's there's opportunity for really cool, memorable stuff to do in there. Oh, absolutely. You don't need to, like, uh, go wrestle a Meltzer five-star classic in there, you know? No, I, I think what this kind of match needs to be the quintessential blow-off, 
for the two, both the TNT Extreme title, which has been neglected apparently in advertisements, and the GCW Ultraviolet title are being defended. Yeah, it has been. I didn't even um, know. I, yeah, Cologne has said he wanted to put the TNT Extreme title on the line versus Murdoch's GCW UV title. So, um, yeah, I mean, looking at the draw for everything, like, this is going to be um, really the big blow-off that everyone's been expecting. So I'm hoping they both live up to the hype. But, again, it's just we'll see how this executes. Because, I mean, again, you got to make sure the steps are um, where they are. I'm also – give me a second. I am looking up something. Um, so it really is um, – it's really going to be an interesting – venture to see how this comes up um so that's all like the gcw that kind of stuff i want to get into icw no holds bar because of course me and you both are sponsoring the show in june yes we for are. them which I they, I um i do want to put out um the boston show is coming in a few weeks um I next next week next right? week actually Next week, I'll be um, watching Tanahashi and uh, New Japan. Oh, oh, nice! Are you going to that New Japan show? Yeah, my boy Jared and I are. Uh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Shout out to Jared; he bought me the ticket. But um, I, I want to first go through the the June show because there's been three matches announced. This is the show that me and Servino, um, both as Your Dose of Death and as Kings Road Wrestling, are sponsoring. Um, June 25th, um, Casey Kirk versus Joel Bateman. Brandon Kirk versus Tommy Vendetta with Tommy's going to be um, accompanied ringside by Darren McCarty, of course, a guy who was the bane of my existence as a child and now is like the coolest fan ever. He's cool. I, I, as a hockey fan, seeing him, like, I'm like, that man terrorized Blackhawks fans for years because I, Hawks Red Wings was like the biggest rivalry in hockey. It's a like, cool rivalry, man. It, it was a fun yeah. rivalry. But seeing him as this, like, super deathmatch fan, it, it, like, makes me, like, the happiest, like, hockey fan in the world. So, it's so cool to me. I'm sorry. I had to pop for Darren McCarty. And last but not least, John Wayne Murdoch versus Masha Slamovich is happening June 25th. I like that. She's, um, and I said this to Stephen A., uh, she's, like, the queen of New Jersey, really. Uh, like she wrestles here every single weekend. Like, uh, so shout out to Masha. She really has been putting in. Well, the work. she's really one of the East Coast, and I'm oh, I'm yeah. hoping one of these days she gets out more to the Midwest because us Midwesterners appreciate her, or at least I do. So I totally crapped on the Midwest on the. No, I, I know you did. I guess. Okay, we're gonna take a sidebar real quick. We're gonna have Serena publicly talk about his appearance on a World Deathmatch podcast because the man's like, yeah, I don't know about Michigan. Dude, yeah, I want this. I want. I like. I like ICW, and I think that they draw well in the state of New Jersey. I think this is where the deathmatch crux of the fans are, and I want to yeah. see. I want to see the deathmatch circus like run out in like like somewhere like the Field of Fear or the Hard Ballroom. I think that that'd be sick. I can, but I'm so biased again, so I know because yeah. I, I don't For live. Someone like there. myself, like. I am. Th- I just want to put it out there to my to the people. I am potentially thinking of going to the second day of the Deathmatch Circus, Not July second. It's about like a four and a half, five hour drive for me. Okay. So we'll see. I'm still a to be determined, but of course, I believe I believe Joel Bateman's going to be in town for that, so I got to support my friend. But you did pretty. W- I will say, I, I did give you some notes. You did pretty well being the impromptu co-host for Stephen A. Shots. I, I was cologne for the day. You're Alex Cologne, but you weren't like the Skip Bayless Alex Cologne, where he just doesn't really react. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, I love Alex. I love Alex. We, we love Alex here. We, we love Alex. But man, it is always a treat here in the world of this. So let's get back to ICW. The Boston show next week, May 5th. It's a Sunday, May 15th. Sunday death match. Sunday night death match in Boston sold out. So no tickets are available. Um, looking at this card, we got Hoodfoot versus Satu Jin, Akira versus Tommy Vendetta, Isaiah Broner versus Justin Kyle. I like Isaiah Broner, by the way. I, I like him. Uh, t- Vendetta. I, I do like Tommy. That if you go back to the RPW show in Chicago, he did manage to flip me off when I was sitting front row. So me and him had a 
share a blissful embrace is what mm-hmm. I'll call An it. Embrace. Um, but Isaiah Broner, Justin Kyle, Casanova Valentine versus Cruel. Cruel is like the fucking coolest dude I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I don't know if you watched Schlag versus Cruel from Chattanooga. I did. I did. One, one of the coolest matches I've ever seen in Deathmatch Wrestling. <laughs> that is like a horror movie. Was that the f- uh, first or second day? I believe that was the second day. It was the one where Cruel came out the tarp. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'm just saying that I'm like, what? Yeah, Cruel's. He's cool, man. But the one that I want to point out, John Wayne Murdoch versus Schlack rekindle their rivalry all the way back from No Holds Bar two or three. Their first match was great. Definitely go back and watch that. The other one, of course, the I always call this couples therapy. I'm sorry. Whenever couples get in the ring together, I'm just like, yeah. is this couples therapy? Casey Kirk versus Brandon Kirk is happening in the chains finally to the chagrin of everyone. And then, of, and then, last but not least, Eric Ryan defends the North America or the American Deathmatch t- title against four four zero counterpart Bobby Beverly in a Type A Deathmatch. I don't like the stipulation, and that's I'm, not knock. I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna say I'm, I've seen like three in the last two months. I'm tired. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was gonna say if you've seen the stip, you're kind of tired. It, but for me, I. I think the stip is good when it's done here and there. And I think Eric and Bobby can do it well. They need to do it well. And here's how you do it well. You have to bring buckets of glass out to refill the gloves because they'll fall off. Bam yeah. Sullivan did it right. He super glued his shit as hard yeah, as he could. He put he like did. coats and he had it and he carved the he carved up um played yeah hard, but that's what you gotta do. And and here's what I think ICW can do to set this apart i'd like to see some other weaponry incorporated yeah in the, like i got a pain maybe there some tubes some barbed wire um instead of just- I, I i agree with all you're saying i think it's cool when taipei is taipei but like i like when it's different stuff um also want to point out july 27th july 23rd icw is returning to chattanooga pit fighter axes that friday the 22nd no holds barred the chains the 23rd at the TWE arena again. So for all you ch- Chattanooga listeners, it's coming back. Um, Southern folk. Uh, it's more like Southeast is what I call it, but um, Chattanooga. Well, I know Andy Lawler's down there. Yes. Yes, I do. Oh. Um, also, I, I, I'm seeing this. Apparently, ICW tweeted this out. The blood moon is set for Sunday. Like Apparently, there's a blood moon happening the same day. So That's a total lunar day. eclipse is That's happening awesome. the same day in Boston as ICW comes to Boston. So that's happening. Brutality there. Um, so that's really like kind of all the news we have for you guys. But before everyone goes, before y'all go do whatever you want to do, <laughs> I have a little exclusive here, uh, as I've told you off the air. Um, so I was um, asked by Russell Rave down in Texas area to sponsor the show, which very thankful to have to be on board with Russell Rave for their show that's happening June 25th. Okay. Um, it's called T Ray's Ray of Sunshine Pool Party. They are debuting their deathmatch title at the show. But for those of you who are curious, I have acquired two general admission tickets for all my Texas listeners, whether you're in Houston or near the area, for a free giveaway on Twitter. So I'm going to give you guys instructions on how to do that. So the day this episode comes out, which will be Tuesday, so today's date will be, or Tuesday, May 10th, I'm going to put out a tweet basically asking you guys to like, retweet, and follow me at LaurenYDOD. And remember, you have to be in the Texas area or you have to be able to make it to this show. Um, So it is, for those of you who are wondering what day it is in Texas, it is Saturday, June 25th. So mark your calendars if you can make it. Saturday, June 25th, Russell Rave presents 
T-Ray's Ray of Sunshine pool party is going to be a blast. I have been in talks with the promoter of um, WrestleRave. They just had their first deathmatch tournament, which you can check out on IWTV. And I will be sponsoring that show on the 25th. Is but he I, the champion? I don't know if he is. I'd have to check when I look into their... Okay. But um, I'm an official sponsor for this T-Ray's Ray of Sunshine pool party with two GA tickets on the line. Like, retweet, and give me a follow if you haven't already, and you'll be entered in the contest. I'll make sure from Tuesday to Friday that I get all the entrants. But again, you have to be in the Texas area. You either have to be in the Texas area or you have to be willing to make it out to the, sh- the venue. It is at Houston Premier Arena for all those in Houston. So if you're in the area or near the area and you listen to the show or you're just looking for an awesome activity to do on Saturday, June 25th, feel free to like, retweet, and give me a follow if you haven't. And I'll make sure to put you in the the drawing for two GA tickets for Russell Raves, T-Rays, Ray of Sunshine. So I want to thank Russell Rave for the generous offer of giving me these tickets to give away. Um, the winner will be notified by me as well as Russell Rave, who will contact you for the tickets and put you on the list. So um, be on the lookup for that giveaway. I'm really excited. This is the first time that I've ever done anything like this, giving away tickets to a show that I'm not even in the area for. So um, that's kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about before we ended today. So um, before we step away here, um, what is something that has been on your mind over the last few weeks since we last recorded, Servino? Uh, well, I got something on my mind. Uh, I could give a little a scoop also into the King's Road world, uh-huh. uh, if, if you guys would like that. Um, I am, uh, officially sponsoring Marcus Mathers, uh, and Sean Henderson produces. Awesome. The all I want show. All I want show. So, um, I, I hope that, uh, we get some, some eyes on both on Marcus, good friend of mine and get a bunch of people out there. So Sean Henderson is a wide, your dose of death alumni. He has been on this show. So it's always awesome to support Sean. And awesome to support Marcus Mathers as well. Um, this is his first booked show, Marcus. Yeah. So he's I've seen the lineup. If you haven't seen the lineup, it looks awesome. Joel Bateman's gonna be on it, Cologne's gonna be on it, Shannon Moore. I pop for that. Um Zoe Sky, if you haven't heard of her, is an awesome woman's wrestler. I'm really excited for her to come back out east. Um, but definitely uh, congratulations. That is gonna be an awesome show to be a part of. Yeah, that's going to be fun. And as another thing that's been on my mind is uh, just a great weekend at the Showbo last weekend with in terms of deathmatch wrestling. I felt like uh, that's really what the the market needed and the fans left very happy after Sunday. So, man, that was just a blast to, to go to in those qualifiers. They were just cool. They were really cool to see. Yeah, um, on my mind, yeah, I thought the prelude to survival was a good weekend to kind of get a shot in the arm for um for basically um for really the deathmatch fandom and just the show about to get excited for TOS um really excited to see where everything goes with TOS uh, but also I mean I gotta say I can't think of a single independent promotion that has put so much out there in the last few weeks in GCW. It is really like deathmatch or not, like they're going to they're going back to markets they've been to, but they're going to new markets as well. And they're doing well in those new markets. They've been they did great in Ohio. I can only imagine the Rhode Island show is going to do great numbers, give or take whatever you think of a certain someone who was booked on that show. Um they're gonna see them go to Evansville. They're Indiana fans. I've talked to many of them. They have been waiting for a long time since the outdoor show slash the collective to for GCW to come back. So Evansville College Museum is a great location, but also going back to Atlanta, 
they're they're really hitting the board on all these shows and it's crazy how many shows they're gonna put out this summer so that's just been on my mind yeah and um new markets man new markets but also hitting the old ones as well they um they're really hitting all strides and it's it's real there there really hasn't been a promotion that does the kind of thing they've been doing honestly ever no definitely not so um i think that really wraps it up for both of us um funny enough i just wanted to give you guys a little peek behind the curtain this is the first time that the two of us have ever recorded on a weekend during the day during the day which is like kind of wild because either we're recording in the evening or something like that so um Thank you guys for listening to this episode. I know we talked about a lot. If you want to talk to us or interact with us, of course, you can follow good old Mike over here at, at Kings Road Wrestling on Instagram. But if you want to talk to me as well, I'm at Lauren YDOD on Twitter. I am at Instagram, but I'm not even going to promote that because I have like nothing going on there. You're the king of Twitter. Uh you can say that, sure. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't like to brag about that kind of thing. But anyways, thank you guys for listening to this episode. We'll of course be back. Um, I believe next episode we are going to try to do a TOS preview before TOS starts. So we're going to be going deep. We're going to be doing all the analyticals for TOS. So be on the lookout for that. And from Michael Serino, from Lauren Rosenberg, from everyone here at the Count Out Podcast Network, enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy whatever you're doing. And please stay safe, guys. Yes. Thank you, everyone. has been a count out podcast.